Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ain't That the Tooth, a podcast by the South Florida District Dental Association, where we take you into the lives of our members and their perspective on all kinds of topics in and out of dentistry. I am your host, Yolanda Marrero, and today's topic deals with new generations onboarding associates. Our guests are Dr. Alan Friedel, who is a past president of the Florida Dental Association and the South Florida District Dental Association, as well as past speaker of the House for the Florida Dental Association House of Delegates. Joining him is his associate, Dr. Alejandra Sambrano. Welcome. Thank Thank you. We're glad to be here. Well, I want to start uh, by asking you, Dr. Friedel, a question, and hopefully this will get our topic rolling. What do you think dentists might want to look for when bringing an associate into their practice? In order to bring an associate into your practice, the first thing you need to do is be aware of your practice and where it is in the scope of the life of a dental practice. By that, what I mean is that every dentist especially if it's a a single practitioner, has their own particular style of being in charge of their staff and, more importantly, dealing with and working with their patients. And a doctor whose philosophy is to be very slow about working and take extra time with their patients is not going to mesh well with an associate who feels that they want to do a lot of work quickly and move patients through the office and vice versa. There are lots of seasoned practitioners who believe that they want to be as productive as possible, see as many patients Mm -hmm. a day as possible. And to bring on an associate who does not have the speed or the dexterity yet to work at that kind of a pace will be frustrating. So another thing is you have to know, as I said, about your practice itself. Some doctors are bringing in associates because they're young and vibrant and their practice is growing at a pace that they need extra help. Other doctors are looking down the road and determining that they've got a certain amount of lifespan left in their practice and they would like to onboard someone who eventually will take over their practice. Some doctors are just essentially looking to have company in their their office. In my particular case, I am reaching what I believe is the last 10 to 15 years of my practice life. I've had a partner for the last five or six years who at this point is transitioning out of practice in the next little while. I discovered that I do like practicing with someone else in the office. Also, quite frankly, in the era of COVID, I determined that we are purposefully seeing less patients at a slower pace. We are keeping multiple patients out of the office at one time. And so I had an empty chair that essentially was doing nothing all day long and determined that I wanted to make sure that in order for the office to be working at something like a version of capacity, that we would bring someone in who could then build a practice and keep that extra chair busy, which was, you know, was different. And so, that's, you know, th- those are the multiple reasons. I mean, I mean, it depends on where you are in the life of your practice and how you practice to bring someone on board. And then in my particular case, because I am involved with teaching dentistry at a residency program, 
I was very fortunate to be able to see a number of students and determine which students not only would have the ability to deliver the kind of quality care that I believe is important in my particular practice, but I could see the, the levels of maturity of the various residents. I could see how they dealt with patients who were happy with their care, how they dealt with patients who were unhappy with their care. In other words, it really kind of was a long-term version of an interview because I really got to see them practicing in their environment. In this particular case, I will tell you that I felt in my heart that for my needs, that Dr. Zambrano was the only dentist in her residency class that I felt that would be a good fit for me. And as a consequence, and she will tell you this, the conversation that I had with her was, I'm going to talk to you about an offer, and if you tell me no, which is certainly your right, I'm not going down to the list to another name. There is no other name on this list. And um, we did have a good conversation, and it was very clear to us that there are possibilities for this professional relationship to move forward, and that there were many philosoph practice philosophies that we shared. Um, I know, without a doubt, that she is the kind of she has the kind of practice ethic that any dentist would be proud to associate themselves with, and so it just became a very, very easy kind of a thing. Well, I totally agree. And of course, I am so happy, so proud to, you know, be the chosen one out of my residency program. Of course, I look up to Dr. Fidel. I admire him not only as a clinician and as a professional, but also as a person, which to me personally is so, so important in, in my career. Cause sometimes where we get caught up in the moment and so many things that are going on in a dental office and you tend to forget that you're dealing with real people, your patients, your staff. So, yeah, I am super happy, so proud. Um, it's been six months and I can say that we've been happily married. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think um, it's been, like he said, it's been easy. We get along pretty well and... When I, when I met him and when I saw the way that he treated the patients at the residency program, I, I did see that our philosophy is very, is very similar. Our patients are sacred. It's the most important thing in our practice. Our staff is too. We make sure that everybody's happy. And ever since I started practicing, I'm, I'm going to say not too long ago, but Eight years ago in Venezuela, I knew that the patients were the most important thing, and it still is. And also, being able to enter the office and feel that the environment is a smooth, it's a smooth environment. Everybody's happy, everybody's smiling. Of course, we have our stressful moments because it's a it's a tough career, but at the end of the day, we're happy to you know come back the next day and just make our patients happy. So I hear you saying that you're very happy in the situation you're in, but I heard Dr. Friedel say that it was a long interview process, so to speak, because he got to really know you in depth. But we do know that in under normal circumstances, that's not what happens. And so 
many people like like you, Dr. Sombrano, who are looking to form that kind of relationship and, and be an associate at a practice, doesn't have the luxury of that lengthy interview. So have, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, of course. I actually have a lot of friends who were asking me all of these questions and they're going to be happy to hear this, this podcast. So the regular way that this process goes is that you graduate from your program. If it's a DMD or an AEGD program, if you're an international dentist, usually you have to go through an interviewing process where you interview at different offices and you're going to find so many different types of, of settings. You have the corporate offices, you also have the private offices, and now in the COVID world, everything changed. Even the interviews weren't happening in person. You would then interview on a Zoom call. So everything, I think, COVID just made it all um, way more difficult. But yeah, interviewing, it's a, it's a fun process. Um, it takes a lot of energy and I think for those who are out there about to graduate or are in the process of finding a job, the most important thing is that you have to know yourself and know the kind of professional that you want to be so that you know where, where you see yourself practicing. For me, it was very important to be in an office where they respected me as a professional and they respected my ethics. Also, it depends on the kind of procedures that you feel more comfortable with doing. Because, for example, getting more in, getting more in depth on the different settings in a corporate office setting, they want general dentists to do more basic procedures. They don't want you to get too involved with specialist areas because they do have the specialists coming in. So for a person that's okay with doing fillings and crowns and veneers and they're happy with that, then the corporate setting is good. They do offer some nice benefits. They offer health insurance. They offer malpractice insurance, 401k. They pay holidays for you. Um, they even offer you a minimum daily rate for the first three months when you're starting since you don't have that many patients. And then they're going to offer you a percentage of what your production is. So that is a setting that for some people it might work. In my particular case, I want to do more than just fillings and crowns. After the AEGD, I was so lucky to, to learn so many different things. And I, and I feel like, um, being in a corporate office, I wouldn't feel that comfortable. In fact, I will tell you that when Dr. Zambrano came on board, that was part of our conversation. I said to her, I was trained at a time where many of the things that you learned in your program, I was not trained to do, and I don't do them. But I said, I do not want you to limit your practice. I want you to do everything you feel comfortable doing because I don't want you to wake up in 20 years and say, oh my goodness, I haven't done, let's say, an implant in 20 years. I was trained to do them, but now I'm afraid to do them because I haven't done them. And so we, we discussed those procedures that Perhaps I did not do in my office and the ones that, that Dr. Zambrano was interested in maintaining her abilities and her technique with and we have incorporated them into our practice. And that is a way, quite frankly, that I have learned from her. There are cases that we share, patients that I've had that are patients of record of mine 
that need care that I cannot deliver that she can, we refer back and forth between us. And for me, my patients are very happy staying under one roof. They are very happy with the care that she's provided so far. And so it has, in fact, expanded the services that my practice has been able to give in a way that's been very, very comfortable for me. And again, like I said, the best part of this is that even at this point in my career, and I don't want to you know, say it's the, the end of my career because it's not, but there is definitely more in my rearview mirror than in my windshield. And the reality of it is that I'm excited to be learning. I'm excited to have a vibrant person in the office who is bringing new energy and new ideas. And so that, you know, that's the part. If you're open to it, if you're open to the fact that this is a relationship and Dr. Zambrano has told me before that one of the problems she has had and she sometimes has with other people is that as a young dentist, she feels like that her ideas are not given enough credence by some practitioners. And she, she looked at me and she said, I graduated dental school. I have a license. I am a dentist. I should be treated like a dentist. And I agree. Totally. And in talking about that, that is part of the idea of where an associate can be seen. There are many different areas now. And there are associateships in offices that do really do not expect the doctors to stay for very long. They just want doctors who are going to work for a while and move on to something else. They don't pay them very, very much. And they just essentially have one dentist after another work their way through that practice. Typically, there are practices that have perhaps lots of insurance patients who really don't connect to their doctors in that particular setting. So they're often not patients who are not very sophisticated. And again, I'm painting with a broad brush and I don't want to, you know, do whatever. But a job like that can be helpful to a young dentist who, for instance, if you were starting your own practice and you didn't have enough work to fill in a five-day week and you wanted to make sure that you had a steady flow of income to work in a place that allows you to use your license and work as a dentist that you know is not going to be a long-term relationship is not a terrible thing either. Right? In other words, when you're young and you're not working five days a week in one place, you're literally putting together a puzzle. You want your life to be complete. You want to be practicing enough dentistry that you keep your skills sharp. And not every position you accept has to be the one that's going to be the, the sustaining one for your life. Yeah. Going back to what you said about being able to work as a team, I think the most important thing or the more, the smartest thing a new dentist could do is to practice with someone that's already settled, someone like Dr. Fidel and many other doctors that already have a practice. They've been in the field for a long time. They have experience, not only clinical experience, but also in the business, managing an office, managing the staff, patients, insurance, so many different things that They don't teach at dental schools. And when you graduate, you feel like, oh, yeah, I'm ready. But the reality is that in some areas, you're completely lost. So, like I said, I feel so lucky to be able to practice with Dr. Fidel because I'm learning every day. Something new I, I learn from, from the office and also with the cases. It is so valuable and it makes you feel so much better when you have 
this case, you probably have a question, you probably have an idea of what you want to do, but when you can sit down with someone and just discuss the case, maybe we're both in the same page, but we can figure it out together. Or maybe, of course, I prefer patients to him, and, and I think it's so nice, like you said, that the patients feel they don't have to go somewhere else, they don't have to drive to, drive to a different office, they can just stay, and we're both in the same room, Sometimes I even stay and assist him while he's treating my patients or vice versa. So I think it's it's been pretty fun. Fun is absolutely the truth. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed every minute of it, and I look forward to many more years of it. I I'm hearing both of you, and I and it, and it really is a wonderful thing that you all have been able to create. And we do know that again, this is not the case for everyone. And the interview process is vice versa. You know, you are being interviewed, but at the same time, you need to be interviewing the office or the doctor you will be working for. What are your tips on that? So since, like I said before, there are different settings, um, you want to make sure that the office that you're interviewing at offers what is going to make you happy. And so I was talking before about the benefits of working at a corporate office. Probably all of those benefits that a corporate office offers, you're not going to get out of private practice. But my tips would be, and this is part of the questions that I would make, um, the, those that were interviewing me. So what benefits do you offer? What is the percentage that you pay the associate dentist? or the general dentist that's going to work at the office, usually goes from 35%, from 30 actually, from 30% to 50%. Most of the times when you don't take your patients and it's the office giving you their patients, you get 35%. And when you take your own patients, they can give you a 50%. Although this offer is most likely going to happen in a private office. Most corporate offices, they offer you a 35% on the production. Um, you also have to make sure that you know and that they're clear about how much of the lab fee you have to pay the office because that's also on you, a part of it. The schedule, you need to find out how many days they meet you, if they work holidays, and if they don't, then if they're going to pay you. And basically what kind of procedures they want you to do so that you make sure that you are going to be comfortable at the office and that you can be productive. When you go for an interview, you also need to keep your eyes open. And by that, I mean, when you walk in the office, you can sometimes tell in the atmosphere if it's a happy environment or an unhappy environment. If you see people with smiles on their faces that seem to be enjoying what they're doing and in, in a calm sort of a setting, you understand that. Um, if you see people are just kind of keeping their heads down and trying to get work done and, and just sort of stay out of the way of trouble, I mean, that's part of what goes on. In other words, now, if you're interviewed after hours, there's really no real way to know some of those things. But... You know, today we also have the internet available to us. You have to be careful about the internet because sometimes you can have a single unhappy patient essentially make your life miserable and essentially trash your reputation as best as they can. But to a large degree, you can see that 
you know, most of us will look, if you look at the page, they, most people will have either very po- a, a slew of positive kinds of comments and, and one or two negatives, or some are vice versa. They have a slew of negative comments. And so, you know, as a young person looking for a, a career, you do want to be careful who your name becomes associated with. And you do want to look for the kind of a practice that you can be proud of your work later on because, quite frankly, it's not an anonymous thing. It just is not. This is a good moment to take a break, and we'll be right back. Bank of America Practice Solutions is leading the way into 2021. From the award-winning digital banking application and platform to the business-focused lending and cash flow savings promotions, they are a proud sponsor of the South Florida District Dental Association and happy to provide their skills and services to the dental industry. They focus on first-time practice startups and acquisitions, established practice remodels, expansion, debt refinances, even commercial real estate. Visit Bank of America Practice Solutions to see which program is right for you. Dental Broker of Florida is supporting the dental industry in the post-pandemic situation, offering many tools on their website for your convenience. They also have their customary services available, including portfolio of dental offices for sale, practice assessment of value, and help in finding associates and staff for your practice. Visit DentalBrokerFlorida.com for more detail. High performance meets ergonomic design for uncompromised scanning in CareStream Dental's newest interaural scanner, the CS3700. The new design of the scanner centers around doctors' needs and preferences with customer-centric workflows. Smart shade matching, high-speed scanning and processing, and touchscreen capabilities. Visit carestreamdental.com forward slash CS3700 for more information. We're talking today with Dr. Alan Friedel and his associate, Dr. Sambrano. We're discussing what to look for when you are seeking a job. And we had just talked about how the interview process is a two-way street. Dr. Friedel, you were mentioning how you don't really want to be associated with a practice that may be detrimental to your work in the future. It's important that you do that. It's also important that you carry yourself as a professional as well. And by that, I mean, when you go for an interview, you need to be dressed appropriately. You need to be groomed appropriately. You need to look like the kind of professional that you intend to be. And if you go into an office and you believe, other than scrubs, obviously, which are, you know, whatever, and in today's world, sometimes scrubs and whatever we cover ourselves up with to be sure, but if you go on to an interview process and you feel like that you are treating yourself with more respect than the person that is interviewing you, 
it may very well be that you are not an, a match like that. And people want to see someone who cares about themselves, cares about the profession, and has an understanding of what you want to get from your years in dentistry. What has been your experience with that, uh, Dr. Sambrano? Well, I was actually going to give you a little bit of an of a, a story, an anecdote of one of the interviews that I went for, and I felt like the main focus on the interview was about time, production, amount of patients, amount of procedures, and they kept asking me, how many patients can you see a day? How many fillings can you do on one patient? How much time do you take doing one filling? And I felt that the interview was a little bit aggressive in that aspect because dentistry, as we all know, is not one plus one is two. Because a filling can become a root canal if it's too deep. Or if the patient is not feeling well, then you probably need to take more time with that specific patient. So by hearing those questions, I was already picturing the kind of practice that it was. And that's when I immediately said to myself, this is not the kind of office that I want to practice at. But of course, everybody's different. Some people, like um, Dr. Fidel said, have a fast-paced kind of, of practice, a different philosophy. But in my personal experience, after all of those questions, I knew that it wasn't the right practice for me. And again, if you have the sense during an interview that the personality of the person is not something that you can work with on a daily basis, then you need to put the brakes on or be very, very careful. Interview processes are not perfect either. As we well know, everyone is on their best behavior in an interview. And there are many, many dentists who are who either are calm or learn to be very, very calm in an environment because we know that it's important that we don't upset our patients and that patients' eyes are wide open the whole time they're in the office and they see everything. But it is also possible to find yourself in a situation where you had a wonderful interview with someone who seemed to be perfectly charming, and in a practice environment, they have a short fuse, and they're quick to anger, and they are, I don't want to go so far as to say abusive to staff, but certainly less than respectful to staff. And um, though those are issues that you want to make sure that when you do take on a position, that you do have an exit strategy in case it does not work out. Dr. Zambrano had at least one practice where she felt that this, you know, she worked in one of them, I guess, for a day, you told me, right? And at the end of the day, she just said, I knew right away this was not going to work for me. And very politely, it doesn't have to be rude. You don't have to slam the door. You don't have to make a scene, but you can just tell someone, I'm sorry, this is, this is not going to work for me. And so, you know, you have the autonomy to do those things. Hopefully, you're not so burdened by fear and debt and the things that freeze us into doing things that we're unhappy doing. You work so hard to get a, a degree and a dental education. You work so hard to get a license. You work so hard to make your dream come true. It would be a terrible thing to let it sour because you 
take a position that essentially just, you know, rips the wings off the fly, so to speak, and makes you feel miserable. They also have working interviews. In this type of interviews, you're not only going to sit down and answer or ask questions. In working interviews, they want you to work for maybe half a day or a full day. And they're going to just give you patience so that you can perform procedures and then they're going to see how how you do, which is a little not racking to me because if you're in a new environment, you don't know the equipment, you don't know the staff. But I mean, it, I see I see it a lot. I don't know now with COVID if they still do it, but working interviews are also very common. And as a senior dentist, that's terrifying to me to believe that you, that a working dentist would allow patients of record to see someone who's there for a moderate amount of time. Now, that is not the same thing as someone who's ill and needs someone to cover their practice while they're ill. This is this is literally having strange dentists for, you know, I don't know, three, four, or five of them working in an office. I, that is a, a concept that is really foreign to me and really interesting to hear about. Yeah, and what's also happening a lot is that they're not offering full-time positions for general dentists or associates as of now because the amount of patients, thanks to COVID, is not the same as before. And they also want to make sure that they have different people with different different strengths um, during the week. So for those out there who are interviewing or are about to start the process, it's okay also to have a couple of, of jobs or working at different offices so that you can cover your whole week because most of the jobs that I saw out there, um, they were offering for part-time jobs, part-time positions. I would imagine that if you're at two or three different offices, you also get a chance to see where you fit in the best and, and figure out how you want to proceed. Definitely. Yeah, which is, it's not bad when you're starting. In my case, I'm coming from a different country. There are some differences. At the end of the day, dentistry is dentistry in, in every country. But of course, there are some differences. The language, well, now at Dr. Fidel's office, we're starting to become a little bilingual, uh, which has been fun for him too. He's learning Spanish words. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, it's also nice because you get to work at different places. You get to meet different people. The patient population also changes depending on the area that, that you're working. And for some people, they might feel more comfortable working with a Latin population or Caribbean population because it depends on the area. Miami is very international for certain. Yes. Yeah. There's a variety of, of opportunities and, and jobs. So. It is a rough process, but it's fun. And if you take it step by step, then I know that you're going to find the perfect match for your, for your position. And I have always said, if you have a vision in your head of the kind of dentist you want to be and the kind of dentistry you want to practice, you can either find someone who will agree with you philosophically or you can start your own practice, but do not let someone convince you that your high ideals are not to be followed or that that's not the way it's done in the real world. Trust me when I tell you 
there are many, many, many dentists who have exceptionally high standards and work very hard to meet those standards every day. In fact, most dentists that I know work very, very hard and really, really care about the work that they do and take their responsibilities to patients very, very seriously. And those offices that hire many dentists and the dentists filter through are the reason the dentists filter through is those philosophies that are being pushed forward in those practices are not the highest of standards. So don't allow yourself to be pushed into believing that that's how it's done in the real world. There are most practices where the doctors are working as hard as they can to make sure their patients are getting the best care they know how to give. I would imagine that's where all of you would want to be. And uh, with that, I think that we've come to a conclusion. Is there anything else you want to add to this, Dr. Sembrano? Well, I would like to give my, my personal advice and is to follow your heart, follow what you feel inside in your heart that it's going to be the right place for you to work at. And also be strong about your ethics, about your principles and your philosophy of work. And you're going to be successful and hopefully provide um, quality of care for, for the community. The practice of dentistry provides you the opportunity to live a wonderful life and, frankly, make the American dream come true. And I believe that if you give to the profession and you work your hardest, it will be among the most rewarding careers that you can have. So I wish all of you good luck, and I hope that you all find a good match for yourselves and that you have the same kind of life that dentistry has given me that I'm very, very happy to live. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate that you took the time to come and talk a little bit about um, the relationship that you have forged as uh as, as professionals. And uh, anybody listening out there, uh, if you are a dentist looking for an associate, let us know. We are trying to start a match program. So reach out to us uh, at South Florida District Dental at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Ain't That the Tooth is produced by the SFDDA and directed and edited by Victoria Marrero. Our theme music was written and performed by our very own Dr. Richard Mufson. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, Bank of America Practice Solutions, CareStream Dental, Dental Broker of Florida, and Florida Dental Association Services for making this production possible. We'd love to hear from you whether you have questions or comments. Contact us through our website at www.sfdda.org.